Amen. How many's glad to be here? Look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Amen. It's a great time to be here. Um, I just want to cover just a little bit of family business before we turn it over to, to uh, Pastor Tad, Dean Tad, Reverend Tad, or my friend Tad. You can pick whatever Tad you want, but you'll get, you'll get blessed. But Miss uh, um, Carolyn Spinneberg Terrell went home to be with the Lord Wednesday. Um, the infamous Spinneberg sisters from Northville, she loved and served God her entire life. One of her greatest things was her husband was bedridden for many, many years, and she served him faithfully, faithfully. And uh, just a tremendous uh, woman of faith and love. And her celebration of life's tomorrow at 1 o'clock, visitation 11 to 1 down at, uh, down at uh, Riley's. And just want to let everybody know to be praying for them and um, uh, supporting them. And if you get by or get a chance, that would be, be a blessing. 36 years ago in August, I went to Raymond Bible Training Center with one suitcase, a pair of baseball spikes, a glove, and an old Ford Courier that was wore out before, before I ever got it. Uncle Bill brought in out of Texas. And uh, I struggled a little bit the first few days I was there because it seemed to me I was attracting people just a little bit crazier than I was. And people were doing things and saying things. And I told the Lord, I said, if I don't meet somebody halfway normal, I said, I think I might just go home. I was really homesick. I miss mom and dad and, and you know, my brother and sister. Just miss family. And, and it was just the, the enemy trying to work me down. So uh, on Narcissus Street, four houses down from my house was a house with cars parked in the yard and the driveway cockeyed, and I said, well, you know, they must be rednecks because they don't even know how to park. The garage door was open. I walked through the garage door. I don't remember if I knocked or not, but I went through the door, went into the kitchen, and there was Ron Gilly. There was Tad Gregorich and Mr. Hartline. And uh, those three gentlemen have changed my life. Two of them actually came here and worked with me and you and labored with us. Um, Tad and Amanda came in 1993 and stayed till 2000. Uh, came with um, Emily, two years old. Tanner was born here. He's a Kentuckian. I mean, praise God, he's a Kentuckian. That's why that kid's such a sharp kid. But anyway, um, but I will say this: the thing I love the most about the Gregorich family is they have yielded to the call of God on their life. They've yielded to it. And they're just here to share God's love and God's the healer and deliverer. How many say amen? And I want to tell you, how many's ever had a prescription from the doctor? Raise your hand. How many knows that it has so much in there to complete it? You don't take three or four and quit. So here's the prescription for us this week concerning healing. Be here every time the door's open that you can. Don't just do it for you. Do it for people that need you and the revelation of healing in you. Do it for your kids and grandkids, you know. Do it for the concept that Jesus wants us well. And if you were here for a service, how many knows that was a blast? I'm telling you, Josh did a great job. So, Brooke, I'm going to come up. We're going to pray over this today and uh, just pray that we just open up our eyes and our ears and yield to the gift. Um, I'm, thank I'm very thankful, Tad, that you let me on your bus in 1983, and I'm not going to get off. I've changed the seat a couple times, but I'm staying on the bus with you. And you too, and thank you for bringing your bunch into our life. So, Brooke, would you pray with us today? Heavenly Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, and we welcome you into this service. Father, you are the healer. 
We yield our hearts and our minds to you, Father. We thank you for bringing the Gregorich family here, Father God, to minister who you are. Father, we're so grateful. Lord, we're going to just look to you today, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your your anointing. We thank you, Lord, that you bring the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God in our midst today. And we openly receive you, Father, and thank you for what you are going to accomplish today through this family's obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tad, you want to come on up here? Tad let me drive his, uh, what was that thing you had, Trans Am? Yeah. A new Trans Am. I got the, anyway, that's bucket list. Amen. I love you. I love that. Praise the Lord. I brought my sidekick up here with me. He's going to tell you about a few things we brought with us. This is Tanner. How's everybody doing this morning? Just wanted to let you know about our product table that we have out there. Um, we've got some, some things for sale, but also some free stuff. Um, we've got some free information about Rama Bible Training College. You know, our ministry would not be, we would not be who we are without Rama. Yeah. Rama's made us who we are. And I believe not only just to go into the ministry, but you to just live your life and, and be the person that God has called you to be. You need to get training on the, how, how to know the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what Rama will do for you. And so we've got some applications out there, some lanyards, some pens, information for you. And if you look at a, a little tiny square there, you'll see somebody famous. No, I'm just kidding. It's me playing basketball there. But <laughs> you can get some information on that. And then we've also got some product for sale. We've got some, some books by uh, the, the Ministry of Rama, Pastor Hagen there, and some others. We've got some books for sale. Those are $5 each. And then we have some T-shirts, and I'm modeling one right here. It says, Go Into All the World. And uh, these shirts and everything that's going to be sold today um, is going to, to um, help us in our upcoming mission trip to Kenya. And so it'll be a blessing for us. We've got some shirts for sale. And if we don't have your size, we've already taken some uh, orders of whatever your size is. We'll write your name down, and we'll send it here to the church so you can get a shirt. We've got the black ones, and then we've also got like a, a tan type color there. And then we've also got some USB drives, and they've got MP3 audios on there about 30 different teachings from my dad, myself, and my cousin Josh on the subject that we're covering this week, healing. And so we believe those will be a blessing to you. The shirts are uh, $30, and the the MP3 drives, they'll be $40 for you. So Mm -hmm. I hope you can come out there and and get something that will not only bless you, but bless everybody around the world. Amen? All right. Thank you, Tanner. Tanner's going to be speaking tomorrow night, so excited. Come on out for that. Uh, We did want to mention to you that we will tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Go ahead, whoever can come, come on. We'll be here and we'll just, uh, whoever's here, we'll talk about the things of God and the the concerning healing and and, uh, so come on out at 10 o'clock if you can. Uh, If you, you know, get here at 1130, you know, if you're still, we're still at it, we'll we'll just pick you up where we are and come out and uh, we'd love to have you here and uh, be there. So tonight's at 6 o'clock, tomorrow night at 7 so uh, we're excited about that, and then uh, uh, talked about Wednesday night, and I don't know, we just may, we may end up having something Tuesday night. You get things going, boy, it's hard to get it stopped, all right, and we don't want to stop if God wants it to go, and uh, that's what, uh, I like what uh, Pastor Brooks said there. You know, it, uh, it's all about relationship. Our relationship with, as Pastor Pat mentioned there, 36, began 36 years ago. We were actually in there getting ready to go to softball practice. 
my roommate and I played on the Ramos softball team. We asked him if he played softball, and he said, yeah. They said, well, we need a pitcher. Can you pitch? He said, yeah. And so I don't know if he lied or that was faith or what that was, but, but uh, he went with us practice, and we played, we played uh, softball. I got a picture in my office of, uh, of a tournament we played, and we won the championship with Pastor Hagen and uh, all of us playing, and we had a lot of fun uh, with those, with those, uh, in those days. You know, somebody just, one of the students sent me a message here the other day on Facebook, wanted to know if I'd play on their softball team this spring. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not even in a place I can even give an option for that. Let me, get, let me try to get in some shape, then maybe next year I could, I could even decide whether or not to choose to do that. Praise the Lord. But hallelujah. We're so blessed to be here. Man, why don't you stand up if you didn't, haven't seen my lovely wife? Praise the Lord. Man is with us here, and she's going to be taking part of tomorrow morning. And I've, I got to think about this. You know, we got married 31 years ago this April. And on our way back from our honeymoon, we stopped here and preached at Family Worship Center over in the uh, storefront. I don't know if any of you remember that or not. Any of you there 31 years ago? Holy cow. Some of y'all got old. Not me, but anyway. <laughs> 31 years ago. So any, we've, uh, we've had a long relationship here. And, uh, you know, I think so much, uh, much of the time when it comes to the subject, I'm just going to kind of jump right in here, segue. Uh, uh, the subject of things like healing and God meeting our needs. So, many of the, so much of the time, I think, we're trying, as, even as Christians, to do it outside of our rela- already established relationship with Almighty God. Amen? You know, we, just through that relationship, you qualify. Amen. If you're a child of God today, you qualify. If you're not a child of God today, the mercy and grace of God is here to, to minister to you. We believe everybody's going to be healed, don't care who you are. Hey, man, well, I mean, we've, seen, we've seen folks, you know, uh, as we go out and minister, especially in overseas and get out on the streets, we don't ask them, are you a Christian? We ask them anything we can pray for you about. We've seen all kinds of people get healed, all kinds of people. I know uh, a few years ago, uh, I think it was uh, uh, in 2014, was that that first trip you went on, Josh, to Kenya? We split up and started doing some street ministry. They'd never done that. We were in the uh, town of Muharoni. And uh, we're out doing some street ministry. Well, one of the groups got taken to a hospital. And uh, there was a man in there that they said he's got a week left to live. And he was a full-blown AIDS patient. He said he's got a week, if that, to live. He was unresponsive, just lying there in the bed. And they went up. They didn't, they didn't get a chance to talk to him. I mean, for him to respond to anything. They just began to talk to him about God's love for him and how that God, this was not God's will, that Jesus came and by his stripes were healed. And they said, we're going to pray for you. He didn't respond at all. They just, they just said, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing to this body. We command it to live in Jesus' name. Well, they walked out of there. And it was, uh, it was uh, exactly, that was on a Saturday. That, that next, or it was on a Friday. That next Friday, we're getting ready. We're in the bus. We're headed to the airport to uh, fly back home. And uh, our host, Bishop Alex, he got a phone call. And I could hear somebody on the other end of the line was all excited, just excited, talking really fast and loud. You know, you ever been with somebody you can hear their conversation? And he, he said, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's saying, praise God, praise God, as Bishop Alex says, you know. And uh, he, uh, uh, he put the phone down. And he said that was, uh, it was Joseph who had called him, Joseph Oloch. He, Joseph said, uh, 
we were, I just happened to be in town. He said, there's, he said, they said, you've got to come talk to this guy. He won't leave any of us alone. He's been running all over town looking for that bunch that prayed for him. He wants to know who it was. Well, it was this guy that, that had been given a week to live. A week later, he's completely healed, cleared by the doctors. He's running around town trying to find somebody who, who knew what happened to the folks that prayed. So, you know, got him there hooked up in the church and that. But you know, the power, didn't that, didn't that find out if he was saved or not? God loves people. And God wants to minister to people. How many of you, how many of you qualify? How many people we got in here today? All right? God loves you. And uh, he's, he's got some great things for you. I want to talk from a standpoint today. I want us to go to the book of Philemon. I'm going to start there and kind of springboard off of this a statement that's made here. Now, I'm going to use the... I, I still like the King James Bible, but I take out the these and the thous and the thys. And the, so you, if you ask what version is that, there isn't one you can buy that's like mine. It's a King James Bible in front of me, but, you know, first three years out of Ramah, after, after boldly declaring I would never work with youth, I was a youth pastor for three years, and uh, they don't understand thee and thou and thy and ye. And so I had to un-King James it. As I went with them, so now I, I just I just like I just do it that way. All right, so we're going to look at verse six. There's only one chapter there, Philemon, verse number six. He says here that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. Everybody say in me, in which is in you in Christ Jesus, which is in you. In Christ Jesus. Now, there's three words here that I want to kind of help, de- help us define a little bit. He said, the King James says that the communication, really the, another would be partnership. That your partnership or your fellowship or we could say your relationship with faith would become effectual or active and powerful, that word means. That your partnership, your fellowship your participation and relationship of your faith would become active and powerful by the acknowledgement. Now here, you look this up, it means, it means rec- to recognize, to have full discernment, to have, I like this, precise and correct knowledge concerning what? All the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. Now notice he said, He wants us to, our faith becomes active and powerful when we begin to recognize what's already in us. Not what what we're looking for anything from the outside. I'm going to tell you right now, now God, we understand God manifests ever how he wants to, his time. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there's nothing, I don't have anything to give you other than what's in me. But the same thing that's in me that's in you if you if you're a Christian. So I'm going to tell you this, the healing that you need in your body, the healing that you might need in your soul, your emotions, your mind. Amen. Josh ministered this morning about peace. You know, there's so many people. It's interesting today. You know the number one reason why people leave colleges and universities today? It's not money. It's mental torment. Number one reason, studies. It's not money anymore. It's because They just can't. They're dealing with mental issues. Thank God that there's healing for that in Jesus. 
Amen? By acknowledging, acknowledging, recognizing all the good things that are in you in Christ. Now, how many of you know it's easy to start recognizing all the bad? But normally it's not, we're not, we're not talking about what's in, we're talking, we start talking about the bad that's out here, which, which is what? Circumstances. And we acknowledge that. But he said if we're to acknowledge, to have effective faith, and anything we receive from God we're going to receive through faith. Grace has provided it, but faith receives it. It's like an apple tree. You know, you plant the apple tree out there. Now, you might have planted, but you didn't cause anything to grow. It's God's idea, right? And the tree produces what? An apple. But if you want a good apple, you know, you don't wait for it. You don't want them to fall on the ground. They start to rot when that happens, don't they? But when that apple's ripe, you reach up with your hand and you take hold of that apple. And you bring it, what? You shine it up. Then you, then you take a bite out. But you know what? If you don't ever reach up and take hold and put it in your mouth and take a bite, you're not going to ever partake of the apple, are you? That's faith. The tree provided. God has provided. We just reach out by faith and take hold of what he's already done. And so it's not, we don't, I mean, it's not cost a thing to get healed. Amen. I'm telling you what, it's easy to be healed in your body. It's easy to receive anything that God's already done for you. I think so many times, you know, uh, Ephesians 6, what is it, verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord. And we've, we've kind of hunkered down, you know, and we've set ourselves up, you know, we're getting strong. He didn't say you be strong. He said, be strong in what? The Lord. The Lord. Why? He's already strong. So I'm in him. Now, what are these, what are these things out here? In, instead of, let's talk about what's outside rather than what's inside for just a moment. Now, if you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a diagnosis, right, says this is what this is what's going on in your body. Now, uh, uh, I've heard people, oh, that's a lie. And said, no, the doctor didn't lie to you. The doctor told you fact. According to the facts of what's going on in your body, this is what it is. You have this and so, okay? Now, here's the great thing about facts. Uh, you can't see it. But, well, you know, you, there's a clock up there. I got a watch on that's uh, every, you know, a second. But, you know, did you know the fact of what time it is changes every second you could really break it down further than that couldn't you Amen. now you're not lying well it's 11:54, but you know here in just a little bit it's gonna be 11:55. now did i lie when i said 11? no i'm just stating to you the facts here's the great thing i found out about facts after after 30 be 39 years ago that i got saved and filled with the holy ghost and in August, it'll be 39-year anniversary of when I preached my first sermon. Now, who let somebody that's been saved two months preach a sermon? I have no idea, but they did. In the basement of the Catholic parish home, the priest wasn't there, but uh, that, that, that Catholic priest that was there, he, they were famous for having kegers in that basement, if you know what a kager is. But uh, we were there having a Holy Ghost meeting, and I preached on how to be baptized in the Holy Ghost right there in the Catholic parish basement. And, uh, but I found this out. You see, the facts can change, and they do change. Facts are always subject to change. But the truth never changes. Now, how do we know that? Let me put a couple scriptures together for you. John 17, 17 says, Jesus said, sanctify them. He's praying to God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Talking to the Lord. The word of God is the truth. Now, we know from John 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? What's his name? Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And what does Hebrews 13 say? 
that Jesus is the what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that's my biblical definition of truth, something that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Word of God is truth. When it says, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed, you were healed. And if you were, you are. Amen. Okay? If you were, you are. It's a, it's a statement of truth. But here's the thing. It takes the consistent application of the truth to change the facts. When you consistently apply, in other words, you consistently say, no matter how you feel, no matter what pain you have, no matter what's going on, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, 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 you're not, I'm not denying, faith isn't denying what the doctor said. I'm just applying something greater to my situation. I might go ahead and take the medicine. I might have the operation if I have to. All right? But I'm applying. I'm saying what the Word says concerning the situation. All right? I'm applying it. And I, I found this over and over, and it works in every area of your life. The consistent application of the truth will change the facts, no matter what area of life it is. And so, you know, we want to look at some of those things and, and, and help us in, in recognizing the good things that are in us. So I want us to go, if you would, to uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Now, how many of you know, you remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. First part of verse 18 says, and all things are of God. Well, we, we've talked about, and we should, one of the major subjects that every Christian should get, it should get revelation concerning is who you are in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? But I want to tell you something else. It's not just that Christ is in us. I mean, that we're in Christ. Christ is also in us. And there are there's some things that, that he brings with him that causes the good things to be in us. He is the good thing that's in us. Now, how is he in us? By the Holy Spirit. He's living. We know Jesus is where? He's seated at the right hand of God. But the Holy Ghost, don't go around looking for the Holy Ghost. You don't have to run over here and see if the Holy Ghost is there. You don't have to run over there and see if the Holy Ghost is there. You don't have to have it, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have, well, I better go find Rodney Howard Brown. He's got the Holy Ghost. No, if you're a Christian, you got the Holy Ghost. The greater one, the mighty one, the mighty third member of the Godhead is in you. Hallelujah. I like that it said greater. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Well, would that mean greater is the healing power of God that's in you than the sickness that's in the world? Absolutely. It's already in you. Now, you can see I'm kind of going somewhere this morning. Ephesians 3 says, uh, uh, says uh, talks about the exceeding great, the, the, I'll turn over there. I told you Colossians 1. Let me, let me, let me read Ephesians 3 because I got two. Okay, verse 20. Now unto him that is able. How many of you know God is able? Do you believe God is able? I was, uh, I was preaching at healing school there at Raymond one day in the afternoon, and I was reading the scripture where Jesus asked the, asked the woman, do you believe I'm able to do this? And uh, uh, because usually, you know, what did the leper? The leper said, I know you can heal me. I just don't know if you want to in Mark chapter 1. And I was preaching that, and I, 
and as I, was, and I was getting close to the end of the session, and I said, have you ever wondered why Jesus said, do you believe I'm able? I said, I asked him, I said, have you ever wondered why that? And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I wonder why. Why did you say that, Lord? And then I said this, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll find out. Now, I said that before I even thought about it. I mean, the Lord spoke it through me. I had to find out. I mean, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I went, I went right back to my office. I opened my Bible. I said, Lord, why did you ask the man if you're able? See, there's, because there's two things. You've got to believe God is, and he is the rewarder. He is that he, you, why would you go to somebody to heal you if you didn't know if he could heal you? You see? So it was, it was important, and there's a whole lot more to it there. But finding out, now go back to Colossians 1, these things that are in us. He says, or Ephesians 3, I'm sorry, I didn't read it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is in Kenneth Hagin. Is that what it says? According to the power that is in Oral Roberts. No, according to the power that works in us. See, that power is already in you. Amen. Now, Brother Hagin used to talk about keep the switch of faith turned on. You know, here after service today, I'm sure somebody's going to go around and they're going to turn the lights off, right? All right, now, if you walked in here after that, if you're here, you would probably, you probably wouldn't, first thing you think was, oh, the power must be shut off. No, you'd flip a switch, right? How many of you know, how many of you even know when the power does go out, you still go around flipping switches? You ever done that? But anyway... See, the power's here, but in order for the light to come on, you've got to flip the switch. See, the power's in you, but in order for it to work in you, you've got to keep the switch of faith turned on. Now, how do you do that? By speaking what the Word of God says and saying it, making it personal for you. Personal for you. Now, here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 says this, For it pleased the Father... That in him, talking about in Christ, should all fullness dwell. For it pleased the Father that in him, say in him. Yeah. Now he's not talking about us being in him here. He's talking about in, in Jesus himself. And so he skip over here to chapter 2 and verse 9. So all the fullness of God dwells in him. Verse 9 says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. That word's there is authority. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead, and we are in him. All right? So that, that's talking, he, uh, he says principality and power. So that also talks about our place of authority, that we have authority. And that's a whole other, get the book, Believer's Authority, and you see that. But back up into chapter 1 here for a moment. And let's look here at verse 27. See, Paul said there was a mystery hidden in God. He talked about it in Ephesians 3, this mystery. But here he talks about a mystery. In another place to the Corinthians, Paul said, had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, he was the glorious Lord, but he had set aside that glory to come and be a man and take our place. But he never stopped being God. But he set it aside because in John 17, he said, Father, give me the glory I had with you from the beginning. 
because why? He had set it aside. So now he needs, he's, I'm going to pick it back up. When did he do that? When he rose again. Probably before he rose again, in fact. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when, when God raised him up and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave with him, came out of there victorious, that glory is restored. He is the Lord of glory. All right? Now here, he says this mystery, verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Now look at this, which is Christ in you. Other translations say among you. Well, that'd be the same thing. He's amongst us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So here, not only are we in Christ here, but Christ is in us. And in Him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in Him is all of God. And He is in us. So in you, in Christ, who's in you, is all of God's fullness. Now here's something, I heard a preacher say this, and I, I can't improve on it. But he said, he said, God knew everything that you and I would need. So he put it in Christ because he knew he was going to put Christ in us. Hallelujah. So listen, so many of the times we're looking out here where these circumstances are for the answers that we need when all along they're on the inside of us. You're free. You're already free. See, you're free from whatever it is. That freedom, that power is in you right now. It's working. And if you keep the switch on, it'll continually work. Brother Hagin used to tell people all the time, continually, every time you think about it, say the healing power of God's working in me mightily, affecting a healing and a cure. But I'll tell you, since, since we started in my, in the last, it's been the last two years, this has revolutionized how I minister to people with, because, because of I know God's in me. Amen. And I've got to think, if Jesus has authority over all sickness and disease, I've got authority over it all. But I'm not ministering out of me. I'm ministering out of the life that's in that person, connecting life to life and letting that power work. And I've seen more instantaneous manifestations of healing in the last two years than I've seen in, 30, in all 38, 36 years before that. I mean people getting healed just, why? Because not me. And there was nothing. There was no, you know, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything come on me. I didn't feel anything go out. I'm talking about just talking to people in services. People just sitting there in services come up and say, I had psoriasis all over me. Just right in the middle of the service, I looked. He said, I just, I, I usually scratched. I said, I noticed I hadn't scratched my arm. And I looked and it was completely healed. Look at it. Look at it. It's completely healed. Come up here, honey. Tell him. I had it, you know, just telling me. Stuff like that. Miracles taking place. We go out on, we were in, in Kenya in 2017. We went to this hospital, and we, they ministered. I mean, a lot of people with malaria and different things like that. And uh, uh, we're standing down in, down in the foyer area getting ready to leave. They'd already gone through and prayed for everybody they were going to pray for uh, that day. And we're standing down there. And then, uh, you know, we're kind of talking a little bit, kind of been there a little bit. And this, this little girl comes up. She's got a red dress on. She comes up there. She's all smiling. Just smiling. And we're like, I'm like, I hadn't seen her before. Is she part of our group? Where did she come from? So I finally asked, I asked one of our, our translators, I said, ask, who is this? He goes, I don't know. So he asked her, and uh, he talked to her there. And uh, he got a big smile on her face. She's already smiling. So she was standing there smiling. He, she said, uh, she said uh, he said, you don't recognize her. Because about 10 minutes ago, 
she was lying in the bed with malaria. And you, you guys prayed for her. And she told, doctor, doctor, come here. Doctor, I'm ready to check out. They prayed for her. I'm healed. Come check me out. He tested her. She completely healed. Now she's standing there smiling at us. Now, did we heal her? No. No. It's that life of God, that healing power. Look in Genesis chapter 2. Hallelujah. Are you doing all right? Amen. Now, these, I'm going to tell you, these teachings, plus what we got up there, but I don't know, you know, if you can get a hold of these recordings, this is going to be something that you want to go over and over and let this get in you. You know, I'm going kind of quick here because, you know, some of you, this will be the only time I see you. Now, it doesn't have to be. You can come anytime, but I, I know how it is. You got work, you got different things, but I want to encourage you to be here as much as you can. We're believing God. Genesis 2, verse 7. Here it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Everybody say life. life. And man became a living soul. See, God took, God formed this body of this, this first human. Formed the body, but the body, then, it's, not, it, it's not alive in and of itself. See, God took of himself and breathed into that body life. And the man came alive, all right? And then later on in that chapter, he said, look, if you eat of this tree, then you'll, you'll surely die. Now, in Genesis 3, did they die? No, they didn't die physically because that life had, had energized and that life's going. But what did they? What kind of life? They were separated from the life of God that day. Now, listen. It was God's plan from the very beginning that every one of his children, his sons and his daughters, be filled with his life. That's what gives it. And that, with that life, listen to me, comes relationship with him. It's that life that causes us to be his children. Right? See, you know, we, that's what makes us like God. You know, good or bad, your kids kind of look like you. You know. Thank God most of, most of us guys, you know, we pray they look like their mother. But good or bad, Right? Well, we're supposed to look like God, but where? On the inside. It's on the inside. See, we're all the same on the inside. Glory to God. Now, look at John chapter 10. Now, this is a familiar scripture, but it tells us, listen, Jesus did not come to the earth. He did not have a miraculous birth. All the, all the promises of God, all the things, there's like, you know, all the messianic promises 3,000 of them that Jesus fulfilled and is, will fulfill by the end. But all of them that are there in the Old Testament that God began to speak, even in Genesis 3, that Satan, that the serpent, you'll bruise his heel, but he'll bruise your head, the seed of the woman. I mean, that's, that's talking about the Messiah. All those promises being fulfilled in Jesus was not, he didn't come, listen folks, he didn't come so you and I could go to heaven. It was not escape hell. That's not why he came. You hear me? Why did he come? John 10, 10. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came so we could have that life back in us. The life of God. And if we're a Christian now, if you're a Christian, you've got that life in you. The very same life that man had in the beginning, that Adam and Eve had in the beginning, we've got in us now. Glory to God. The life of God. Now, out of that life, 
He said that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundantly. I looked up that word abundantly because I wanted to know, well, you know, I can kind of get an idea of what I can make up my own what abundant is. But that's kind of a relative term. But I looked it up, and one of the meanings means superior in quality and super abundant in quantity. Well, how many of you realize this then? If that's the description, then sick days are not, li- are not days of life. Or they're not superior in quality, are they? Amen. That's not super abundant life. So it's not God's will. He, it's his will that we have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what Jesus went about doing. He went about ministering that life to people. People that, if you think about it, uh, they were main, mostly Jews, but they're not even Christians. Everybody Jesus healed was not saved, if you will. They're not, a, they're not born again. That's why I hear people say, well, you know, healing is just for Christians. Well, you didn't tell Jesus that. Right? I know we were in Peru. What year was that? Where did Josh go? He's out there. He got up and walked around. So he's doing fall asleep while I'm preaching. Uh, But we were in Peru. Again, out on the street ministering to people, not asking them if they're saved. We're in a marketplace in the town of Huancayo. It's over 10,000 feet in elevation. I mean, you walked upstairs there. You thought you'd exercise for 50 minutes. But uh, we're up there in that elevation, and they're in the marketplace asking people. They're trying to preach. Nobody's listening to them. So they they started going up. People say, are you in any pain? Can we pray for you? Yeah, my back hurt. So they started lining people up, sitting up against on steps and having their legs grow out and people getting up. So bend down, do what you couldn't do before. Their back's healed. They're getting all excited. They, they caught, it's market now. Everybody's, it's open air market. Everybody's so excited, they caused a ruckus. The police showed up. And so the police said, what's going on here? And they told them what was happening. All the people did. You know, well, this, they prayed for it. They said, okay, okay, if you want to be prayed for by these people, line up over here. The police started ushering. And they lined them up because we got to let these people do business here still. So they lined them up over here. They had documented 600 people instantly healed out there on the street. And over 600 accepted Jesus. Most of them were the ones that got prayed for. Amen. But Jesus came that we might have that life. And that life is in you right now. It's in you right now. It's working in you right now. Well, what's it in? Is it, is it just in there to hitchhike a ride through life? No. It's in that you might have abundance. Abundant kind of life. Abundance in your health. Abundance in every area of your life. We're talking about health here. All right? Now, I want to go one more place real quickly. I want to go to John chapter 4. Now, everybody say, thank God for the doctor. We're not against doctors at all. All right? Thank God for them. We're not, they're, not, they're working against the same thing we're working against, right? So, you know, you have to, I heard Daryl Huffman say this. In fact, we were talking to him. He had gone through, he'd actually believed in God and had that he, uh, situation. Decided finally, he prayed, and the Lord said, go ahead and get the doctor to take care of it. And he had it taken care of. He said, he said I'll give you a speedy and supernatural recovery. And he did. But he said, you know, he said, he said, well, Lord, people, I got questions about this because I'm believing you and I've been preaching healing strong. And the Lord told him, he said, he said, he said, look, not only do you have to know my will, you have to know my way. And he brought, brought him to the leper who came to the prophet and he told him, name, he said, go wash in the, in the dip in the Jordan seven times. See, that was, it was God's will for him to be healed, but his way was to have him dip in the Jordan seven times, you know. 
So there's, you, you need to know God's way. Sometimes it's, have, it's called for the elders of the church, have them anoint you with oil and prayer, face will save the sick, the Lord shall raise them up. Sometimes it's have hands laid on you. Sometimes it's just you just pray the prayer of faith yourself. Well, you, get, you will get to a certain place where you'll just, say, you'll just start speaking and you won't even pray. You'll just speak to the mountain. But there's all kinds of, why has God made so many ways for us to receive? Because we're all at different places and there's different ways for God. Right? He wants to help everybody. No matter where you are, he wants to help you. All right? Now, in talking about this relationship, here in John chapter 4, Jesus is in Samaria. And uh, there's a well there. And he stops at the well. Now, the Samaritans... And the Jews did not get along. The Samaritans had intermarried, uh, were Jews who had intermarried with, uh, you know, local, local people. And was, the Jews were against that. Their laws for, were, you know, wanted to keep, you know, purity of the, uh, of the Jewish nation. And so they wouldn't have anything to do with the Samaritans, even though the Samaritans worshipped the same God. They just weren't allowed in the temple because they weren't pure, all right? So Jesus stops there, and he's thirsty. Verse number 7 there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said, give me to drink. He, and the disciples were gone away to buy meat. This woman said, how is it you being a Jew ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Everybody say living water. Living water. All right. So the woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well's deep. From where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank there of himself and his children and his cattle? Verse 13. Jesus answered and said, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Now, some of you might have a translation there in front of you that actually says thirst again and again. In other words, you cannot quench this type of thirst he's talking about with anything natural. You're going to have to. How many of you had a drink of water? Think you're going to need another one? Absolutely. But he's talking about something else here with this woman. And he says, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Well, that's the spirit. But it's in us a spring of water. Have you ever been, any of you ever been to a spring? Seen that water, that pure water bubble up out of that spring? Whoo, it's good, good drinking water, isn't it? All right. That water comes up out of there, but it springs up into everlasting it's in us okay now listen you know the the thirst is going to be there amen every one of us has that thirst primarily what people don't understand out in the world is that that thirst is for god and they'll have but you still you still have that thirst for the things of god in you but you're not going to solve it you're not going to satisfy it with anything other than drinking from this well all right, that's in you. He says, the woman said, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to dry. And then Jesus asked her a question, go call your husband and bring him. And then she says to him, sir, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're, you spoke the truth. You've had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. All right. Now, before we cast stones at her, remember the woman caught in the act of adultery, what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn you. We're not condemning her at all. But she's an example to us. She's had five husbands, and the guy she's with now, she's trying to quench that thirst with something other than what comes from God. She's in these relationships. Listen, folks, there's not a rela enough relationships out there for you to quench this thirst. Amen? 
There's not a job out there that quench this thirst. There's not, listen, there's not a car out there. There's not a, there's not a, a nice brand new truck that will quench this thirst. Because why? It's going to rush. You're going to have to buy another one. It will not solve this issue. There's, there's, no, there's no degree you can earn from a college or university that will quench this thirst. Nothing wrong with those things. Nothing wrong with anything that I've mentioned there. But you look, out, look at people in the world trying to quench this thirst with all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're, you know, they're trying to quench the thirst by deciding whether or not they're a male or a female. Well, today I feel like a female. Let me see if that'll quench it. No, that didn't do it. Well, maybe I'm nothing. Maybe that'll quench it. No, maybe I, well, what a, you know, I was born a man. It's all trying to quench that thirst. You can't quench it outside of this relationship with God. I'm talking, now we're talking to Christians now. I got students at Ramah. I got students at Ramah struggling with issues. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're Ramah students, but yet they're, you know, there are no perfect ones there. Any perfect people here? No. That's all right. You don't have to be. He is. <laughs> and he's in us, all right? We're on his righteousness, not ours. Now, that doesn't mean we don't live right, but it's his righteousness that makes us right with God, not ours. Glory to God. But trying to quench it with all, listen, you can't drink enough to quench this thirst. You can't drink enough, I don't care, hard liquor, soft, I don't care what it is. You can't get enough alcohol in your system to quench this thirst. You can't smoke enough dope to get this, to quench this thirst. I don't care. Well, what if they make it legal? It won't quench the thirst, folks. Right? It won't quench it because you're trying to, you're trying to put a salve on something that can only be healed from within. I'll end with this. September, we were, in, we were in Brazil at a minister's conference in the, south, in the state of Sao Paulo in the southeast part of the nation. Brazil's as big as the United States, so it's a gigantic nation. 800 ministers in there. I ministered along this line because I knew the Lord, had, by the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord had told me there's people in here, they're ready to quit. Some of them, and they're all ministers, they're ready to quit. Or some of them even gone as far as saying, I'm going to take my life, I can't do this anymore. He said, and the reason is, they're trying to quench that thirst with the numbers of people in their church, this, this type of thing, this statistic, this thing, or this program, or that. It's all different things, you know, that, that don't quench that thirst. All those things are great. It's okay to have those things. But it's well, what's on the inside. What's on the inside that you carry around with you every day. How many of you know, that, how many of you know next Sunday morning at 11, there won't be exactly this number of people here, right? Could be bigger, praise God, could be, it doesn't matter, but it won't be exact. So if I basically, oh man, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up. But this thirst, this, th this well that's in me keeps a continual flow of life coming on the inside of me. So my identity is not in how many did this or how many did that or what if I did this, what if I, it's not about me, it's about him that's in me. Amen. And your healing is not about you. It's about the healer that's already in you. If you just flip that switch and say, I'm healed now. Well, so what difference does it make how you feel? You're not basing it on that. You're basing it on what's in you. What's in you. That healing power is in me. That healing power is in me. That healing power is in me. Now, I want, you, I want you to, out of respect for everybody else, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Now, I'm going to look because I want to see who, I want to know who prayed for. If you've thought about quitting, you've even thought about taking your life, there's healing for you today. 
We, you know, we're just not talking about physical healing. Jesus came to set the whole man free. If you're here today, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take some pressure off. I'm not going to have you come, come up here. I'm not going to even have you stand up. I just want you to raise your hand. If you've, if you've had thoughts of quitting, yes, thoughts of suicide even, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. We're going to break, that, that power is going to be broken over you today. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. We've got hands going up everywhere. Yes, thank you. Be honest. There you go. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. This service, was, this service was set up by God Almighty before the foundation of the world. So today you'd walk out of here totally free. Now you can maintain it. And we're going to talk about that in some of these meetings too. Now let's all stand up. Everybody stand up. Lord, you saw those that raised their hand. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Father, that that thirst is quenched by your life that's in them in Jesus' mighty name. I want everybody, I want everybody to do something. I realize this is something natural, this isn't gonna, but this is going to help you. I want you to take a deep breath in, everybody, and let it out. You're free in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Be free. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I found this out. What you put in the light, the devil can't harass you with in the darkness. So you know, and if you don't know, you know, you can, you know somebody does. You know who the leaders of the church are. Pastor Pat and Brooke, all right, some of the other ones here. You know who they are. You need to, you need to come and tell them today or tomorrow. Sometime but by, within a week, hey, I was one that raised my hand. I want you to know I'm free in Jesus' name. So they can stand with you and they can be with you. And if you start having thoughts again, you run to them and say, hey, I've been struggling with thoughts and they can, they can agree with you, all right? Because what you put in the light, the devil can't harass you with in the darkness. Amen? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Say it with me. I'm free in Jesus. He's in me. I'm in him. The fullness of God dwells in Jesus. Jesus dwells in me. All that I need is met through that relationship of him in me and me in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Pat, praise the Lord. Hallelujah.